Today, I would like to talk about... Uh, thank you once again, Abraham and Sao and the church for uh, inviting us to come. It's always an honor to come and, and be with our family, our churches and, and, and that. I want to talk about one, uh, the, the, the topic of the courts of heaven, which is uh, about different aspects, aspects of God. We know about God, it says that God is love, God is righteous, God is fair, God is a lot of things about God's attributes and what we know about God. But one thing that many people don't really know about God, I mean they know but they're not, they don't have a big knowledge, is about God the judge. Did you know that God is also the judge? And uh, if you have your Bible there with you, we're going to do some Bible reading this morning. So I hope you're going to uh, enjoy reading the Bible. Uh, hey, let's give a hand there. Here. Yeah, welcome. Yes. So if you have your Bible, if you turn to uh, Psalm 50, book of Psalm verse 50. I want to read from verse 1 to verse uh, 6. If you don't have your Bible there with you, you can go to your Bible app or whatever you have. You know what? I recommend. There's nothing. Uh, I still like the, the written word. I got app, I got iPad, I got whatever latest technology. I, I, this is still very good. Because you don't need to go through all your fingers and, and then disappear and disappear forever. But you carry this physical Bible. Uh, it's, I recommend it to, to you. It's, it's a beautiful thing. So let me read. Uh, if you don't have your Bible there with you, that's okay. If you can listen it. It says here, Psalm 50. The mighty one, God, the Lord speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to where it sits. Verse 2. How about we read it together? <laughs> Can we read verse 2 together? I don't care what translation you have. <laughs> oh, it's up there. Oh, beautiful. Now, well done, Liz. It says, From Zion, perfect in beauty, God shines forth. Watch that verse up there. When you see a verse that says from Zion, did you know where that comes from? From Zion, about a month ago, what was the message I spoke about for those who were there? The mountain of God. When you see a verse that talks about from Zion, it means that there, this is what God said from his mountain. It's called Mount Zion. And it says from that place, Mount Zion, perfect in beauty, God shines forth. It is a place where you get perfection and beauty and shine your life. When you operate from Mount Zion, people see beauty in you. Because it's no longer you that live it, but Christ's beautiness is in you. And also, it is where you shine your life. We don't shine our lives when we don't operate 
from this particular place called Zion, Mount Zion, or the mountain of God. In that place, we read about, uh, if I give you some quick uh, revision or reminder about, on that day, I was reading about the mountain of God, and it describes many things in the mountain of God. You find that in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 12 to 18. It says that is the place where God lives. It's called Zion. In that direction from Hebrews 12, the writer of Hebrews there called the people of God to move from Sinai to Zion. It is an illustration of us. We need to move from our fleshly, living in the flesh, to living in the supernatural mountain of God. And from when you operate from the mountain of God, people will see beauty in you. People will see perfection. Perfection there is maturity. People can see your maturity. You're not easily itchy and, 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 and uh, fall over and, and complain about here because you are matured. And also in the place there you see beauty. And, and the key, I like the last part, it says that's where you shine from. There is a logo for Queensland. It says where Australia shines. Uh, I believe that in that verse, but you know what? In Mount Zion, in the mountain of God, that's where you really shine. Amen. When you are beauty, you're perfect, your shine of your life will impact the world out there. So that's what God, and then in verse 10, our God comes and he will not be silent. A fire, see the fire there? A fire devouts before him and around him a tempest rages. Where's our verse, uh, Elizabeth? Can someone wake you up? Anyway, she wakes. But well done. Uh, go to verse 4. Yeah. See, look at that. Our God comes. He sounds a heaven above and. <laughs> stay there. Our God comes and will not be silent. He, a fire devours before him. You know, around God there is fire. That same fire I was talking about can kill every sin. It's going to come and gossip, anger, criticism. It takes a fire of God, and the fire of God comes from this place called Zion. When people of God get the revelation of living in the mountain of God, life change. It totally operates from a different perspective of Christianity. So in this one, the next verse, it says, He summons the heavens above and the earth that he may judge his people. I thank God that it's him that judge us, not us judging one another. Amen. I like that. Jesus, why Jesus said, do not judge others. If we do the judging of others, then we are taking over God's role that says he will judge his people. The next verse in verse 5, gather to me his consecrated people who made a covenant with me by sacrifice, and the heavens proclaims his righteousness, for he is God of justice. He is a God of justice. Another translation says, he is the church. Yeah. Amen. 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 Now, let's uh, read another Psalm 75. You know, I feel like teaching this morning. 
When I preach, I don't look at any notes. I just flow from the north to the south, to the east, to the west. But I'll do some logical going through the word of God with you this morning. Yeah. Psalm 75, verse 7. 75, verse 7. Let's read a few of these verses and let's hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say to us today. 75, verse 7. It says, let's read it together. It is God who judges. He brings one down. He exalts another. It's a beautiful verse. But what that says, God has this, this ways of promoting others and demoting others. And God has some ideas. If you read in the Bible, some people came and asked God, asked Moses, Moses, how come it seems like God is... Uh, that's why I really like the, the love letter of God to Saul this morning. <laughs> how come it's like God loves other people more than others? And then God said, I bless those who I want to bless. It's my decision. It's not yours. But guess what? So many areas in the Bible, we know that God is not a show favoritism but when people obey God's ways every time you live according to the ways of God it's like you keep going up and up and up so that determines the difference between the lives of those who are seems to keep going up and up and those who are staying in the same place or go very slow or go down it is not God's fault it's the way you live in the way I live. So if you want to go further and further and closer to operating from Mount Zion, the more you fix these three things called sin, iniquities, and transgression, the more you elevate it up. So it's very simple. It's almost like Sunday school stuff. Don't need a heavy theological training, theology, like the level where Abraham is operating from, but it's very simple. If you like jealous five times last week and this week you only only jealous four and a half, that's improvement. You see that? If you criticize oh, how about a tithe? We if you didn't give tithe, you anyway, you know the point. The more you go up, the more you see these verses in God's Word comes to life. Now, let me read one more. Psalm 76, verse 8 and 9. The next psalm. Thank you for being patient. and, and It's good to hear the Word of God. Eh? So good to read the Word. 76, verse 8 and 9. From heaven, you pronounce judgment. Oh my. Oh my. <laughs> From heaven, you pronounce judgment, and the land feared and was quiet. It is from Zion, it is from the mountain of God, where he rules and judge, where his pronouncement comes from. What does that mean? It means that when you journey, in your journey as a Christian, God the judge is watching. He's a righteous judge. He is a fair judge. He's a loving judge. 
And he will keep pronouncing things. Pronouncing means degreeing and declaring what belongs to you. So the more we become more like Christ, like that, that God, the more he keeps pro pronouncing what we can have according to his plans and purpose for us. So going back to our reading, it says, From heavens you pronounce and, and the land feared. When you, God, rose up to judge, to save all the afflicted of the land, surely your wrath against mankind brings you praise and the survivors of your wrath and restraint. Uh, anyway, it talks about that. Now I want to move on to Psalm. This is the last reading. Are you all right reading? Psalm. It's good hearing the word of God. You know, sometimes you go to church and uh, the preacher will get up, read one verse, and then go on and on. That's always good too. But man, if when you read the word of God, you go home, it's like, man, I just had a steak at, at church. I didn't go, I just snacks. I got steaks and... Uh, and salmon. Amen, and salmon and all that stuff. So let's read this one last and then... Uh, We'll move on from there. Psalm 139. Psalm 139. And don't worry about the time. Yes. I'm, I'm taking my time here. How's your day? The Lord is with you today. 139 verse 13 to 16. For you created my innermost being. Up there. For you, now this God we just talked about, the judge of all living and, and everything, he said that he created you. I was watching this beautiful couple here. Do you know that God created you and put you together? And, and if you look at it, say, He created in most, you knit me together in my mother's room, womb. What, what's your name again? Uh, Imelda? Are you crying on me, eh? Wow. Wow. Oh, that's beautiful. The Word of God is so powerful. So God created this amazing God. He created all of us. That is why it's so sad the world today. When they said a portion is okay. How can the world kill babies? When God said He created every living being according to his image and it says there that the next verse the next verse <laughs> Rev can you go and pray for your sister please <laughs> see I think she needs a lot of prayers anyway it says I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made your works are wonderful. I know that full well. That means everybody being created by God is being so beautiful. 
we got no right to stand in front of the mirror and say, why did he make my nose that bad? How about oh, this way? No, that's the way God created you. And it's been fearfully and wonderfully created by God. The next verse. 16, well done to, to not Elijah, to Elizabeth. This verse uh, 16. Verse 16. At the altar call, I'll pray for Elizabeth first. <laughs> verse 16. Many years ago, there were two little girls at our church. They were playing next to the media. And uh, one day, one of the media operator called out and said, can you come and help? Because we, they were so busy at the service. She came and helped. Fast forward, she's now the head of the media department. So well done. Give a hand for Elizabeth. <laughs> Thank you. Anyway. <laughs> your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be now. Everything about you is written in a book of heaven. There is a book of destiny about you that God has given to us. That is according to everything that God has planned for you. Now let's go straight to this righteous judge. Some of us have heard this teaching before. It's a beautiful, uh, beautiful teaching. And I really acknowledge my beautiful friend, Robert Henderson, that... Uh, out of this revelation, it's been helping a lot of people, and I thank God for that. God has uh, given us all the thing that is, has got a plan for us. So everybody has uh, given a plan from God, and it's a destiny that the Bible says when God created you, it's written in a book. There is a particular book that is in heaven written for you. And every part of your journey in life, when God created you, put you down on earth, and you start walking out, and you are walking out God's plan and purpose for your life. In that uh, plan of God, it says it's written there, it's also the enemy has got his own plan for you. John 10 verse 10, the second part says, the enemy came to remove and kill and steal and destroy God's plan for your life. Whatever you do, you need to know that you are living out every day God's plan. That's why you hear people say that, oh, that chapter is finished. Even people who have no idea about God, they talk chapters. That's a chapter of my life. It's, I want to start a new chapter. Oh, that was very messy, but I'm turning a new chapter. The language naturally people use, but spiritually there is a book written about you. Every human being has a book about yourself. You must, you and I need to discover who we are. If I ask you the question this morning, who are you? Do you know yourself? What I'm saying is, do you know God's plan for you? Do you know God's purpose? Do you know the journey? Do you know, have got any idea, the gifts and talents? God has given us gifts and talents. Gift, when you're born again, when you're born in the natural, God gives you natural talents. But once you become a Christian, born again, your spirits change, then God has got spiritual gifts. And each one of us is given spiritual gifts. <clears throat> so if I ask you a question this morning, do you know the spiritual gifts that God has given you? May I ask you for real? Can you put your hand up if you know the spiritual gifts that God has given you? Thank you, Rev. Uh, thank you, Asafo. 
you mind you put your hand, you're not really sure what gifts that you have. So thank God we're all sure. Oh, just one person, maybe a few. But God has given us a destiny and a journey in life. That's why you discover that at one stage, your heart was so passionate about this. And all of a sudden, your passion for that is, is changed. It's like, oh, I'm not really into that anymore. It's because that God is shifting you to another season or another chapter of your journey. And when you get given in your destiny, your journey in life, you must live it out to the fullest. Because God will take you to another place and to another place. Once upon a time, Abraham was so passionate with us doing the church together, then God shifted his passion to starting a church. Now, that's why we're here. God knows what is in his next chapter coming up. Probably, I don't know. Maybe you just go fishing with me or I don't know. But that's how God moves people from you. Because you are moving from one chapter of your life to another. Amen. So you must really understand not to waste life. Not to waste your time. Because God has a destiny and the enemy has also have a plan to stop that destiny from coming to fruition. So when you pray, then when it comes to prayer... One way, as Sal as, uh, shared this morning, and also we read about how God, God communicates with us through prayer. And that is our way of speaking. When you wanted to move your destiny, there are a few things we must know. One, you, you, you know it by the Spirit of God, the witness of God's Spirit in you. I wanted to do this. I want to do this. You can know it. And often there's a lot of confirmation and things like that. In order for those things to come to pass, generally... It's through our spoken words. You can speak into existence of something. Like for example, if you are sick, you can speak and things can change. Especially when you operate from Mount Zion, the one we talk about, it is so powerful. Let me go back there. In a mountain of God, I read, you can find that in Hebrews 12, there are so many amazing people. There are thousands and thousands of angels, he says there. There are people that died and passed on, and they are there, they witness, they're watching. That's, there are angels, there are uh, elders, there, those are the things, they're worshipping God. But two of the things that are in, in Mount Zion, the presence of God is the courts of heaven and the house of prayer. I mentioned that, those two things. It's in there. You find it in Hebrews 12. Courts of heaven is like a cleansing station to cleanse you. When you go, you, you go through that and cleanse, keep cleansing yourself. So that's the part I'm talking about. I don't have time to talk about the, the house of prayer, which is a very amazing part. But it's basically inside Mount Zion, in the courts of he in, in, in heaven, where God lives, that is the city of God. That is God's address. If you want to find God, where is God? He lives in Mount Zion. Number eternity or on <laughs> the district of eternal eternity. So that's where God lives. Actually, he's God is a spirit and he lives there. In there, there are two important things that are in there. One is the courts of heaven. Another one is the house of prayer. In Isaiah 56, God said... I want to bring people up to my mountain, those who are rejected, those who are outcasts, those who are strangers, the foreigners. I bring them out to my mountain so I can, I can entertain them. That's a place. So inside there, it's a court of heaven and a house of prayer. The court of heaven, that's where it cleanses us. It keeps cleansing us. 
It's a place that where we keep going. And a righteous church will help remove the plans of the enemy so it can, his plan will be keep on fulfilling in the book written about yourself. Amen. Most people, their books are closed. When I say closed, it's like, it's like that. When, when the prophetic word comes, when the supernatural comes, and you see people prophesy over people, those with open books are very easy to get word, prophetic words. That's why I can, that's, I, I, I can use Abraham again for an example. I, I know Abraham, wherever he goes, whatever case people come, wherever Abraham sits, I sometimes say, why is he always get a, a prophecy? And anyway, my point is, because it's an open book. The destiny book is open. So when the angel brings the supernatural word, he will just read and say, God is saying that, that this is what's going to happen. God is saying you are a giver. You're gonna, and God is saying you're going to give you a long life. You remember those prophetic words? It is written from the open destiny book, that book we read about. But when a book is closed, it's very hard. That's why you hardly get, not that God doesn't love you, but God wants you to open your book. Amen. And the enemy closes the book of destiny. Amen. How come, how can the enemy close that book? There are three things that the enemy uses. One is sin. Another one is transgression. Another one is iniquities. Now let me say about this. Sin is basically disobeying God. God said to forgive. You refuse to forgive. That is sin. Sin causes your book to close. Sin. So what happened? It delays your destiny. When your book of destiny is closed, these are the things that will happen. When the enemy uses those three things, that, let me go back another thing. The next one is transgression. Transgression is when you keep sinning knowingly. Yes, it's having one sin of knowing it's a sin, but when you keep doing it, deep crossing that line, that is a transgression. The third level of sin is called iniquities. Iniquity. And iniquity is a sin in your bloodline. We call it curses as well. It's something that is there, no matter what you try, it's still there. And often it's been passed down through your ancestors and your family line. It's affecting you. If you don't fix that, it will pass on to your children and they continue right through your life. So those three things, those are the things that can cause you to, to uh, stop moving in the plans and destiny of God that God has given you. So how does that work? When your destiny is blocked, you will find that when, when that thing, your destiny will delay. Every chapter, God has a plan for you. And He's put that in order of your journey in life. So some people... They are so delayed, they are wasting their years because this here, they're supposed to be here, but they're still right here. It's so delayed because of the enemy. The reason for the delay is either you keep doing the sin, you keep enjoying the transgression, you're looking at things you shouldn't about to look at, you keep unforgiveness in your heart, you keep doing the bad way, of, you doing, keep doing illegal things, even the tiny things, Driving and, and, and do your Facebook. and uh, it's, Those are all the things. They're sin. So in order for you to speed up your destiny, you've got to get rid of those things. 
the more you get rid of, of them, the more you speed up, and sometimes you finally catch up. Another thing, if you don't do it, it detours your destiny. What does that mean? God has put something amazing here, but now you go around it, and then you go so close to it. They said, oh, I thought I was just about to get that house. I was just about, but it gone away from me. The reason is, the enemy is delaying your destiny. The worst one is when you lose your destiny or you're really blinded by that. So what we need to do is to look at what is that thing that is blocking things. You need to get rid of it so you can speed up in your destiny. So the righteous judge, you know God the judge we've been reading about, we will, he will proclaim and declare what belongs to you and will come to pass. How does this whole thing, does God has... Why can't God just do it? God's word, if you read about it, there is a lot of places where Satan came and has got legal rights. When it comes to judge, the judgment and this justice and all that, it talks about the legal system. In the legal system, you discover all these things. But what happened there? When you have sin and transgression and iniquities, it gives the devil a legal right to stop your prayers. That's why you pray and pray. Uh, I did, I've been praying and fasting. I can't, I can't understand why I can't get through. It might be an iniquity hidden somewhere in your blood. Somewhere there. So we must need to get rid of. So now let's uh, look at this whole area of prayer. In Luke chapter 11, Luke 11, it's mainly, that's where you find Jesus' main teachings on prayer. Luke 11 and uh, the whole book of Luke. In Luke 11, verse 1 and verse 2, the disciples went to Jesus and said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. Jesus said, when you pray, this is how you pray. Luke 11, verse 1 and verse 2. When you pray, say, my Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Give me this day. So you are praying to God, your Father. Again, I really thank God for uh, this great man, Henry uh, Henderson. For many years, I've been operating like this. I've got no idea how to explain this. But when I got this revelation from God through this man, it is so powerful. Everywhere I go, it really, there's a lot of testimonies about it. So in Luke 11, when you pray, the first stage or dimension of your prayer is to pray to God the Father, our Father. It talks about God's provision. Lord, give me some, Lord, I pray for this. Lord, I pray for more toilet papers. There's nothing at Woolies. But Lord, Lord, please. Lord, so, yeah, you, you are, when you pray to God, your Father, you're coming with your to-do list, your shopping list. I need this, I need this, I need this. And then in verse 3 to verse 5 of Luke 11, Jesus was teaching and he said, and there was another dimension of prayer and he used the story of a, a friend that came at midnight. It says a friend came at midnight and the uh, family was sleeping and, and knocked the door and said, please can I have some bread? And the guy was sleeping with his family and I uh, said, do not disturb me. I'm sleeping. Can you see we are in bed? And then, long story short, because of that, he finally, because, and he said, because of you, my friend, I'm going to get up and give you food. Jesus was using a parable or story to illustrate that the next level of your prayer is you no longer pray to God your Father, but pray to God as your friend. Yes. In the book of John 15, 
John 15, it talks about, I am the vine and you are the branches. I prune every branches so they can bear more fruit. And the, and the branches that are, don't have fruit, I'll cut them off. Hello? Did you know God cuts people off? He can. <laughs> Watch out. We might get cut off. But amazing thing, when he said that he will prune branches that are, they are already fruitful. But it says, God will prune fruitful. Why will he prune fruitful trees? So they can produce more fruit. More fruit. When you are in that level, you started to operate from Mount Zion, from the mountain of God. And that's where we want to go. So in your prayer, when you pray to God as your friend, God, and if you read that in John 15, down to verse 7 and 8, it says, I no longer call you servant, but I call you friends, because friends show secrets to their friends. Amen? What that means, it speaks of intercessors. That is your intercessor. When it comes to intercession, the prayer of intercessor, and those who are involved in the intercessors, that is where God really trusts you. Not to gossip, but share secrets to you. When God said to Abraham, Abraham, I'm going to destroy God, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. Do you know those stories? One day, Abraham was a faithful man, and God said, I'm going to destroy them, but I'll just let you know. Did you know why God showed Abraham? Because God, because Abraham was his friend. And as a friend, God knew exactly that when he showed the secrets of what he's going to do, Abraham will intercede. Did you see that? Are you following this? So when God showed you things, it means that it is our responsibility to intercede for others so their destinies will not be taken away by the enemy. So the second level in that book, Luke 11, verse 3 and 5, there's that story. It talks about incestuary prayer. That is the, the, there's a very powerful revelation here too, where in, we usually have intercessor and we bind and loose the devil. Devil, I bind you, get out in Jesus, and blah, blah, blah. It's, it's generally okay, but it's not really okay. Because the more you hit that, the more the devil laugh. And, and uh, it's a different from, there's another thing called deliverance. It's a little bit different where you can command and demand and demand and command and that's okay. But when it comes to those hidden things in you, if we don't get rid of them, and we pray and try to, you can't say, if you have an adultery, iniquity in you, you can't rebuke adultery. Of course you can in some ways, but you've got to run away from it. Young people, it says there, there is lust. It's, if, you, if, if someone has got a spirit of lust, it is a demonic spirit. And it said, I rebuke you lust. You can't find anywhere in the Bible to say to rebuke lust. It says run away from it. Flee. Flee. Flee means run for your life. Another thing there, it says, if you can't handle lust, get the ring and get married, or else you'll burn. It's what the Corinthians says. So, the question then is, if someone has got lust, how do you get rid of lust? So you can run off your destiny. That's the same formula. Humble yourself and repent. Lord, I have lust. Lord, I, I do these things. A lot of people today, they watch a lot of pornography. 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 I am telling you, pornography 
is absolutely dangerous. You open your life up to more demons to destroy you. What do you do? Lord, I am so sorry. Forgive me. I repent. I want to get rid of this. When you do that, you ask the Lord for cleansing power. Supernaturally, God can do these things. Maybe a fear, fear, rejection, whatever form of whatever you face. You give it to the Lord. And when you do that, you trust that God will cleanse you and forgive you. True repentance from your heart. Sometimes we mean well, we really want to get rid of it, but the strength of the enemy hold on us, make it so hard. But you know what? God can do it. So when we come to God, and then after you receive the cleansing, you will then ask, I bind you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. Many times we bind from the beginning instead of towards the end. It should be at the end, not the beginning. If you do at the beginning, the devil will laugh. How can he try to do that when inside his life is absolutely dirty? God, how can you do the righteous judge when he is up to these things and you try to... That's why God honors his word. And that's why when we go through the cleansing power in the courts of heaven, God, those verses we read before, God will command the enemy and say, Satan, get out of him. That's when Satan get out, and when you pray, it's all flow. And your destiny started to speed up. Amen. Then the third level of prayer is in Luke 18. Book of Luke 18, verse 1 to 8. We move from Luke 11, those two things. God your father, God your friend. Luke 18, there's a story there of the church. There is a parable there, and it says a widow came to the church, and then uh, the church was so irritated, got mad at this woman coming here all the time, and the church said, it says there that this church is an unrighteous church that doesn't care about God, doesn't care about man. You read that in the whole story there. And it says that the women keep coming and say, I want, it's like she's praying to God and said, Lord, I want justice for me. I know you're the God of justice, but this adversary, have you, anybody ever read this, uh, what I'm talking about? Some of us have read, but it's in there. It's Luke. If you go home, you can read Luke 18. And the adversary is holding this against me. The word adversary there means the anti anti and toss, something like that. And it's something that brings an accusation against you. In heaven, every time we pray, and there are those things in your life, Satan will come with an accusation and say, God, how can you give it to him when he's living this life? It, it is how. So in other words, in the courts, the enemy has got legal rights to stop your destiny. And God can only release when we pray. We call out to God through forgiveness and healing. Come from that. Then when you do that, God will say to the enemy, now you've got no legal rights. Stop that. A story of Job is a similar example. There's a lot of stories like that. In the book of Daniel chapter 7, verse 1 to 10, Daniel saw this in a vision. And he says he saw a court was open and the books were open and there was a court case carried out. So it's, it's a very simple. So what usually happens when we don't fix those things 
our destiny in our journey will be my, we will be affected and we don't achieve what God has planned for us. Going back to prayer, in those three areas, when uh, an example with King David was sinned, King, King David was a great man, but one day he committed sin. You know, he committed adultery, he lied, he murdered, and the whole list of what he did. King David, in the book of Psalm 50, he came to the realization of God's greatness and the righteous judge. He came before God because the prophet came, prophet Nathan came and said, David, no one knew what you're up to, but I'm telling you, I can see it. The Lord showed me you are the one that is doing this. You know, there are times we hide our sins, but God can see it. And God has, God's, there are God's ways of, of revealing what we are up to. So in this particular case, Nathan came in and said, David, you sit there as a great king of Israel, but you are trying to get someone else's wife. You are setting up someone to kill this person and this, and then you are doing this, and I'm coming here. And David, you know what David said? He, he didn't say straight those words. And David said, man, who is that man doing that? There's a lot of people do that. They, they said, wow. So they, and yet they are doing exactly the same thing. And, and the prophet said, it's you. Then David in Psalm 50, he said, Lord, create in me a clean heart. Oh God, I've sinned before you. My transgression comes before you. And my iniquities, he mentioned those three things, is with me day and night. You know one of his iniquities? Adultery. Sexual immorality. And he comes before me and he said, I repent before you. Cleanse me as clean with, with his so I may clean. At the end, God forgive and release all that. So this is what I shared so far. God is a righteous God. God created us with a destiny. God has given us a plan of life to journey in life. You are sitting here today because God, this is a destiny. God has brought you to this church at this part of your journey in life because this is the chapter that God has written on this particular time when you are 65 or whatever age you will be sitting at that church right now. That is part of his journey. His journey forward is also the enemy has got his plan to kill, to steal, and destroy God's plan in your life. But now God has given us the solution. When things are get better, we pray to God, our Father, God, give this me. When we need to intercede for others, we pray to God as our friend. Of course, you can pray everything together. Final thing, we can pray to God as the righteous judge. So if you know that our things are blocking you, we need to ask God first to repent. Ask the Lord for cleansing. It takes you to think of everything. If you can remember whatever needs to bring to the Lord, you do that. And it, it's not just today. You can do that all the time. You keep cleansing in the courts of heaven. The more you cleanse, see the courts of heaven is here. The house of prayer is here. The more you clean, the more you get closer and closer and closer and closer and closer and closer and closer. When you are that far from the presence of God, you get more, more and more pretty. 
and beautiful. Your words are so beautiful. And you started to really shine. People want to follow you. But if you are that far, mm, yeah, right. Mm, mm, that judge, mm, Pastor Abraham. And if you don't fix, you go further and further away because you get mad and mad at everybody. But fix yourself. Fix yourself so you can... So, so you can catch up with, with who I am. Ah. <laughs> anyway, that's our journey. That is the Bible calls those things working out your salvation. Working out your salvation. Keep working that spiritual growth. So that's where we are. And the last part, in this court of heaven, there are obvious things that is blocking our destiny in our journey forward. Bible talks about a lot of these things. One, is this when we disobey the voice of God. When God speaks to us and we disobey, it really blocks your destiny. One day, Adam and Eve were in a garden, and you know the story where Eve disobeyed God and went and ate the apple and the forbidden tree and the long story. God came and said, Adam, where are you? I like this other psalm one preacher said last week, sorry God. I, I'm wearing nothing, so it's, it's a funny joke. Anyway, and God said, Adam, because you listen to your wife, it's in there. If you have a wife this morning, or a partner on that, watch out. Uh, because you listen to your wife, you didn't listen to my voice. So when we disobey God's voice, there are consequences. When we disobey, there are consequences. The second uh, causes of this, when we... Uh, it's in Genesis 6 when we shed innocent blood. The power of our words. Another thing, the power of our words can really kill somebody. Words are so powerful. It's, the Bible says life and death is in our words. And I'm telling you this. When your life is far away from Mount Zion, your words are very ugly. Your words are very salty and soury. The more you cleanse yourself, the more your words get sweeter and sweet and sweet and sweet and beautiful and beautiful and shine and shine and shine. How good is that? Our words destroy a lot of people. Between couples, there are times we say words. That's why we need to cleanse ourselves. Even words you've spoken over many years ago, if you discover those words, come and ask for forgiveness. Ask for forgiveness between one another. You do that. Everything, sometimes, between the parents and children, if we say words that you know that's been very damaging, it's not too late, Lord, forgive us. We've done this a lot, a lot of places I go to, even our own church. Even me and Helen, over the years, we always, uh, especially when we got this beautiful addition to what we know, what we're supposed to do, we always, uh, when we come across something that's not good for us, our marriage and that, we ask for forgiveness. When we know that we say words about other people, we always repent. Lord, we forgive you. Do you know when you do that, we are really into teaching this whole topic called the supernatural power of God. And we've seen it so impacting around the, the world, basically. Because we managed to close the gap, close that gap. 
every sin, every transgression, every iniquity, we get rid of it. In our family line, another, another sign that, you know, there, there's some family with people that die so young. You know, God did not create us to die young, to live our life to the fullest. There are some things, some cases, like there's a story in the Bible of John 9 where the man born blind and there's just God wants to do something different about that case. But I said, but generally, when we go through things like that, we need to check what's inside of us that needs to cleanse. So the whole message today, in the courts of heaven, is a place where we cleanse ourselves so we can move on to the house of prayer. I'll quickly say what the house of prayer is. A house of prayer is where you speak and miracles happen. Where you can rule everything. Where you can speak and declare and decree and you see miracles happen. If your life is far, it's very tough. Are you, you getting this message today? Now I want to give you a time. In this, this is the last one. In the courts of heaven, when you come before God, if you discover things in your life that you need to bring to God to cleanse away, you just come to the Lord and say, God, can you open your courts for me? I come today. I need help. Lord, I come before you. This is what I said to my wife, my husband, my partner, my pastor, my neighbors, everything. So you keep doing that all the time. The more you do, the better you get, Amen. the cleaner you are, and the exciting life gets. So think about your past. Think about those things. Can we all stand together? You've been, thank you so much. You've been sitting for some time. I think I, maybe I preached too long. Hopefully not. So thank you so much for listening. But this is uh, what I share today. In the mountain of God, he's also judging what we do. Do you know the Bible says that he can see everything we do? Your neighbors might not be able to see, or probably your spouse might not be able to see, but God is watching you. It is a message of righteousness that you live right before God. It is a message that tries to cleanse you so you can shine for the Lord. So as you stand here, how about if we close our eyes? Thank you, Jesus. There are three things. Sin is when you disobey God. Transgression, when you know something that you are crossing on purpose. Surround those lines. Iniquities are things that's passed down through generations. <clears throat> if you can remember, maybe your father or your grandfather or mother or grandmother or that have done some things that you can remember, we're going to bring you to God this morning. And if you don't know of any of those things, we're still going to bring you to God. You can stand here on behalf of your family, your ancestors. Helen and I, we always keep doing this all the time. And I now know from experience that the more we repent of, of knowing things and even unknowing things, the cleaner we get. Hallelujah.
kate hine mente tete keda la 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 shik pa 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 ka santa da 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 shanti la 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 ka sikita kapo si tete tete as we please close our eyes if you found out at least one thing can be a sin a sin is as simple as lying or stealing or if you discover a transgression something that you know that you do it on purpose or if you discover a sin that you can know of a, a like a curse or can you put your hand up just if you discover something is it okay if you can put something in your hand thank you for those who are able to thank you we i forever put my hand up thank you jesus what we're going to do now we're going to come before imagine you're standing before the church we're going to come before the church and ask the lord to remove all the legal rights of the devil doing this to yourself recently i asked god because i discovered something that i was struggle with and that is going through red lights as simple as going through red lights is not the right thing to do not going through red lights but speeding up on the amber light i should be slowing down and i knew it's bad i asked god lord forgive me so as you stand there Thank you Jesus. I would like to invite you to come with me to the front. We're going to present our case to God.